Alright, welcome back to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. You can follow us at Ethos Chargers. You can follow me at Arcelosian. Welcome back, Brandon Furtado, for another episode. How are you doing, Brandon? Pretty good, Rob. How about you, man? Uh, doing well. I love the yellow. I know a lot of you can't see the audio, uh, the uh, the video portion, but I love the, the yellow shirt, the yellow hat. What's the tradition? Yeah, I was going... Uh... I don't know. I, I, well, yesterday over here, it, it rained and I kind of, I wore this to go out yesterday just for a little bit. So, it, you know, it was still clean. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's nice today. I feel like wearing some colorful colors. It is summer. I'm like, yeah, let's go with the yellow. So nice. It all makes- I, lo- I love it. I love it. Um, I don't have a pun to start with this because we're not starting with the bills. I was going to say, guess who's feeling yellow, but we're not starting with the bills yet. We are starting though with DeAndre Hopkins. He had a visit this week with the Titans and the Patriots. I guess my first question to you is, are you willing to pay DeAndre Hopkins one year, 20 million to be on your roster considering where the salary cap is at? I mean, look, I, we could, we could talk about all we want about who needs him and whatever. Clearly the Titans need him. Clearly the Patriots need him for God's sake. Look at their receiving court. Would you be willing, if you're one of those two teams who visited last week, to pay one year sixteen to twenty million for his services? See, it's oh, I, I, I do. It's, it's, it's so funny that he did finally, you know, meet up with the Patriots because I, I was saying for months now that he would have been a good fit for New England, but I mean, the only, the, the only way. I can see a team paying that is if you can say, when you look at your roster, are we one piece away from being a contender? And you're like, you're not going to pay that much for pretty much a rental. And like, does DeAndre Hopkins make the Patriots a contender? No. I mean, it makes them better, way better because it's DeAndre Hopkins. But like, if you look at just any team, who could use him? Because let's be real, any team could use DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, except for maybe Philadelphia. Uh, except for maybe Philadelphia and, and the Bengals. Every team can use DeAndre Hopkins. I would say Seattle doesn't need him. They're fine. Yeah. I think of yeah. who doesn't need him. Because Kansas City, so Kansas City and Buffalo were trying to go after him. It was too much to trade him. They could still use him, but they're not going to pay the salary. Mm-hmm. I mean, mo- and that's part of the problem. And this is something you and I preach every offseason when we talk and we'll make sure we do that throughout the summer. It's like salary cap kind of matters here. Like, are you willing oh, yeah. to pay? Like, if you're a contender, there's a reason why he's only had two visits. I mean, it's one week. He's going to have more visits. But there's a reason mm-hmm. why his first two visits were teams that were not expected to get close to the playoffs because these are the teams that can, I guess, quote, unquote, theoretically afford him. Um so there's a reason for that. Again, he's going to have more visits, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't, and that's the thing. He's 31 years old. You don't, he, he was out mm-hmm. six, six weeks for PEDs last year. He's still kind of injury prone at his age. I, you, he, he's not asking for cheap money. He's not asking for minimum money. Are you willing to pay yeah. a normal one year contract? And honestly, you said rental. I feel like it's a rental. If you're bringing him in, yeah. So where? It, I mean, how do you approach this It's it's well, I look at it from 
like with with the OBJ thing where we didn't know where where he was going, and what the Ravens gave him one year, what eighteen million, I think it was like sixteen to eighteen. Basically, um, what basically what Hopkins is looking for. Yeah, but so I mean, I mean when you compare the two, I mean, oh, I mean I would. If I was between those two guys, I, theoretically, I would pay DeAndre Hopkins a little more because DeAndre Hopkins is better. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's just like I, I get that those are the teams that could really, really use them. They have the money to spend. But, I mean, it's not like you're, you're going to pay the guy. You're not going to give him a max deal. You're not going to give him anything crazy. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's – crazy for one year it is but i mean does one like does one year of deandre hopkins no matter who gets him does, does one year of that justify paying him for that one year does it just does it does it make you that like are you gonna go all in and say this is our one year to win a super bowl or to at least contend i mean is that really worth it for a team instead of you know other options like you know especially with teams who have built through the draft and you know who have younger pieces and a younger core because like we said he is 31 um and he's not gonna he's obviously not getting any younger you know usually when receivers start getting towards you know 29 30 31 years old that's when the, the performance starts declining and we've seen that from from him past couple of seasons whether it be injuries or suspension but yeah, i mean his on-field performance like, has slowed down a little bit let's not get it twisted so yeah I, yeah but the last the last time he played i mean uh, he i mean he doesn't drop the ball often, but I mean, he. Ha- I mean, in the past couple of games we've seen him, and when when he has played, you know, he's. It seems like he's had a lack of focus out there. He's had a couple bad drops. Um, it, it. You know, I mean, he is getting older. You know, you lose a step as you get older, obviously. So it's like it's not. You're not paying a guy in his prime, and you're not paying him for more than a season. So to me, it's not worth it just because everybody wants to jump at the name DeAndre Hopkins or jump at OBJ or jump at all these guys that are out there and everybody's like, oh, I can't believe they're still on the market. But there's a reason. They're old, like, well, for everything we've said, older, injury prone, you know, not not the same caliber player. The name, the, the brand name is still there, but it's, and it's, it's just, it's not worth the investment. That's the thing is, you know, everything in sports is about like a you know a, re- a return on investment and a high you know a risk reward system. So when you look at those guys, there's a reason why, especially in free agency, they stay out there for so long it's because it's it's not because people don't want them. It's because it's for all the factors we've mentioned. So for me, when I look at his situation, some team I believe eventually is going to pay him that, give him that that one year. But if, you know, if I were any of those GMs, you know, any of those any of those teams looking at him, I, I wouldn't just because. I mean, it's it. I don't see the value in it. There's not enough value for me to be like to be like, pull a trigger and be like, "Yep, this is the piece to get us to get us to that next level. This is the piece to get us to a Super Bowl and win it." Or like for teams like we've said, who are you know, like the Patriots, who are could very well be last in their division. They need somebody to put them over the edge. He would. But is a one-year, twenty million dollar deal worth it? No. I, so I, I think that's yeah. where the only thing for me is New England, because New England makes sense just for the idea that they desperately need a receiver. And by the way, here's another important piece. I know you and I can rant on for hours if we want to. 
the two teams that mm-hmm. has visited that DeAndre Hopkins has visited, what do these two teams have in common? They don't know how to draft receivers. They, they have teams. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, these are two rosters that don't know how to draft receivers, so they're dra- getting a 30-year-old guy. Odo Beckham, he got a contract fairly easily because uh, quarterbacks wanted him. Lamar wanted him to help with his mm-hmm. contract. And they don't have receivers. That's what this is. That's literally what this is. Teams that have receivers, it's, it's... like your Eagles, like my Seahawks, are not going to touch them. Why? Because they know how to draft receivers. Yeah. Very simple. It's, it's, it's insane. It's like, you know, that's why, you know, keep, a lot of people don't like who, wow, it is raining heavily outside my house all of a sudden when I said it was sunny to start the show. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like a, when I, when I look at, you know, the big name guys, it's like there, there's a reason why they, when they get to this point in their careers, the, the opportunities are slim and it's slim pickings. Like l- look at, you know, well, Antonio Brown's a different case. He's a, he's a complete head case, but he's a nut case. Don't even give me a start on the arena football stuff. But, but, but as he got older, his prospects, you know, we could see got less and less lucrative. Things got less and less, you know, easy for him to, to deal with. And I mean, it's the same thing for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, a lot of these guys will always say, you know, to try to get their, their value up. Oh yeah. You know, I, I, I had some off the field issues, but, but that didn't stop me from my performance on the field. But it's like in the cases of like OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins, you can see their performance has gone down in recent seasons or, or they haven't been, you know, we, what do we always say is that the, you know, the best ability is availability. And, you know, these guys, I mean, Listen, if they get their money, that's good for them. Good, good for their, you know, prospects and good, good for what they want to do. You know, especially to finish their careers out. But, I mean, these these are guys that will be out of the league. I mean, I hate to say it because these guys have so much talent, but these these guys will maybe be out of the league in two or three years. Um, if if that, yeah. So it's like we're not getting, we're not dealing with guys like Larry Legend, like Fitzgerald, you know, or where he played up until he was in his mid to late thirties. Because he was a slant know. guy. Because he had this really good, like, here's here's my role on this roster, yes. and I'll adapt to the role. And a lot of these guys at receiver, and we'll we'll talk about the running backs, I guess, shortly because it connects very well. But like, they don't adapt to a role. They're just like, I'm number one. I'm still fast. I still want to go up the field. These guys aren't like that anymore. Yeah, that was that was a lot of De- uh oh my god I almost said his name wrong. That was a lot of Deshaun Jackson's problem towards towards the end of his. I mean, he, somehow he's still playing. I don't know how. Um, with, with the, the amount of injuries he's been through in his career and the amount of you know he's only played a handful of games by the, way, the look, past four or five years. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but look who brought him in. The Ravens fucking brought him in last year. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's funny because they're like, you know. Everybody, I remember when when both him and OBJ signed their deals, and everybody's like, "Well, hey, look, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, like that would have been good, ten, you know, five, ten years ago." But uh, this is not, you know, this isn't 2015, 2016 anymore. This is, uh, you know, 2020. So it's, you know, everybody's like, "Yeah, we have a senior citizen home." Like so many Ravens fans were excited. I saw it on Twitter. They're like, "Oh yeah, we got these two stars." I'm like. They were stars a long time ago. <laughs> Not now. They're so, speed demon role players. Yeah, and, and Deshaun Jackson is good for, you know, one bomb a game. Like, you ever see Deshaun Jackson's stat line the past, like, five seasons? 
his stat line for like per game is one catch for 90 yards, a touchdown, and an injury in the first quarter. Uh, so, I mean, but it's the same thing with OBJ. Well, OBJ, you know, OBJ earned his ring in L.A. He absolutely did. He he did. But look at his career since the Giants. It hasn't been great. There's been a there's been a decline, especially with the Browns. A couple of issues he had there. Um, you know, not up to that same level as he set with with the Giants, and then obviously with the Rams, he played well, earned his ring, played well up until he tore his ACL in the biggest game of the season. But you know, and he, he deservedly got his ring. He because and by the way, that's part of why he got his ring because he just played a role. He's not going to the Ravens to play a mm-hmm. role. He's going there to be the number one again. Yeah. 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 Because their, their, their room is so, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's so abysmal that they just need something to put in there at number one. I mean, you know, if, if you're, if you're receiving core going into a season, like Lamar Jackson, like I want, I, you know, I was like, I want to play with these guys. Well, why? Because they're friends of yours. Doesn't mean that they're, they're, I mean, yeah, this would have worked, like I said, five years ago. It ain't going to work now. There's no, there's no way. There's, there's no, there's no possible way a wide receiver room that has what a 34 year old Deshaun Jackson and a 30, what 30, 31 year old Odell Beckham Jr. There's no, or maybe 32 at this point. There's no way that wide receiver room can win. Like, you know, in their prime. Oh yeah. Cause they were two of the best receivers in the NFL in their primes. But you know, this isn't, this isn't that era. It's a way different era. You know, these guys are speed demons and nothing else. So, I mean, you know how you stop them? Just put two high safeties. And then just, you know, don't get beat. <laughs> that, that's – and then who's Lamar going to throw to at that point? Mark Andrews? Can he stay healthy? We'll see. But uh, Yeah, so minus Mark Andrews, here's their receiving core. Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, Joe <laughs> Beckham, Devin DuVernay, Zay Flowers, and James Prochet. That's the Ravens oh, receiving core. Zay, Zay Flowers has a chance to be there. Like, I think this season, because he'll sit behind them, but Zay Flowers by next season is going to be their wide receiver one. I don't think there's there. I, I just, uh, you I know, especially with, with him being a first round, with him being a first rounder and him being just, I mean, he is a speed demon. He is a speed guy. I mean, but so, you know, the, the track record doesn't bode well for speed guys in the NFL in recent years. But I mean, hey, I, when I look, when I look, when I hear that room, like Nelson Aguilar, please. Um, Deshaun Jackson, no. OBJ, Deshaun Jackson got no. cut. He's not on the team. He's not on yeah, the team. There's saying. a reason for that. Yeah, I know about, yeah, I'm saying like, you know, when you look at, at their room in the past two seasons, you know, or even three, really since Lamar's been there, honestly. I would say the last a, three a great, years, you know, what has that room been, right? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been next to nothing. It's, it's been bare bones. It's been a patchwork job. So, I mean, but Zay Flowers is like the one, I, they're going to bank on him to be the guy in Baltimore just because he has to be. He was a first-round pick. You know, everybody talked about, oh, speed demon guy, you know, can stretch the field. I'm like, yeah, his his. I've seen his comps be like, you know, compared to Deshaun Jackson. So it's, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, if, he, if they get, you know, uh, a Deshaun Jackson type, you know, like give Zay Flowers Deshaun Jackson's prime, then that could work for them, especially with a, a speedy mobile quarterback 
like Lamar Jackson, who can who's proven he can throw the ball, that can work. But their wide receiver room is just so. I mean, just like just like with the Patriots, what is the wide receiver room? It's it's not great. So, I mean, to bring it all full circle back to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, to bring it back to Hopkins. Doesn't matter, you know, putting him on any team uh, if they can't go anywhere. That's just how I look at it. If, if a team is not going to go far, then it, it, there's just no point in adding him for that kind of money for like these, like we like maybe we both said a rental. Um, and it, it just becomes, it, it just becomes like kind of just like one of those things you roll your eyes at, like, oh, here we go. Like after next season, if he goes somewhere for that one year deal. Where is he going to go again? We're going to play this one-year deal game from here on out because once these wide receivers start getting one-year deals, that's all they're going to get. So, I mean, I feel like the story kind of end, the story career of like guys like OBJ and Hopkins, it all kind of ends at, at this point. That these guys are, I hate to say, because they are very, very talented, but these guys are to me on their last legs. Yeah. Uh, I guess the position that's on their last legs is the running back position. This is the only Chargers topic I have this week. Look, we can talk about how good Quentin Johnson's been. We knew, I honestly, I knew he was going to be phenomenal when he came in the building. We can talk about Herbert holding in on his contract. Look, he's going to get his contract. No worries. Chargers camp's going fine. There's nothing for us to really dive deep in, minus the fact that Austin Eckler got his deal. And my reaction to that was, okay, where else was he going to go? He wasn't going to get anything else. And then, and then Javin Cook got cut because, uh, because Kirk Cousins is getting a stupid amount of money. That's basically what happened there. And we'll see where he goes, probably Miami for a pretty good contract. And, you know, it was interesting hearing in mini camps this week, running backs actually talk about what's happening with the position because I want to hear actually what agents think about it right now, because I think if you're an agent of any of these guys, you're probably panicking. You're probably sweating like crazy. But it was interesting hearing guys like, um, oh, my God, like uh, trying to remember. Um, Let me see. I'm trying to remember who said it, but um, it was, oh, my God, it's the offseason. Okay, I can't remember anything. Najee Harris. There we go. Najee Harris was talking about it, and he said he said something really interesting uh, in his presser minicamp that I really, really loved, which was, hey, I'm concerned I about mild. this, and I think it's because these guys aren't in shape, and you need to be in shape as you get older, and LeBron is spending a million dollars on his body and everything, and I think that was somewhat interesting. I don't know if that's the reason. I think it's just the issue of the position, but... How do you think people at the running back position like Najee Harris are viewing it? Like, are they viewing it as just a physical thing or is there more to it that they are missing? I mean, I think when we look at running backs, uh, well, when we, when we look at it as, as fans and as people who, who analyze the game, you know, when we, when we look at that position, we know, we, and we've said it before, in terms of just a broad spectrum that running backs don't win championships. 
you know, they're not, they're not like a lot of these guys, like if you look at outside of like the top, what five running backs in the NFL, it becomes a sharp decline after that. When you look at just, it's like, it's the top five guys and everybody else. So it's like Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, you know, I mean, I mean, Dalvin Cook was complaining because I mean, he's not on the Vikings anymore. So Dalvin Cook was kind of like, you know, he, he didn't know kind of what to make of it once he, you know, I guess in his own eyes, he felt betrayed. I mean, I know Miles Sanders this week was also talking about like his performance in the Super Bowl. And I'm, and like he's like, he was saying that he felt that he was, you know, underutilized and, and things like that. I'm like, well, no, you, you were utilized fairly. You fumbled the ball in the first possession of the game. <laughs> um, but because he did, because he did. Like, I'll You're never, like, That's why I laughed. yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's so funny because I, I've, I've saw it on Twitter and people were roasting him in the comments and the, in the replies. And they were like, they were like, no, we gave you a chance. You literally fumbled it. You fumbled the, the, the ball and, and literally basically set us up for failure. So, you know. And also, we, you know, like, but when you look at the guys who are complaining, it's got, it's running backs that are all more or less outside of that top five spectrum, that, well, I should say spectrum, that top five, you know, list. Like, Najee Harris, great running back, but he's not, he's a bruiser. He's not a, he's not a fast, you know, he's an in between the tackles kind of guy, very big bruising running back. He's Miles also Sanders. on his rookie deal. Who cares? He's also on his rookie deal. Yeah. Who cares, Nasi? You're on your rookie deal. Yeah. And then you and then you look at like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, injury prone. Uh Miles Sanders, ball security issues. Like all the guys that are complaining, it's like you have to take a look at yourself. Like it's it, you know, the and that's part of the reason I think why nowadays we don't value the position as highly as like back in the heyday when Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders were running over people, Be, you know, like even, or even as recently as like having Sean Alexander, like we also forget a lot of these running backs too have, cause it's, it's a position we know that has one of the shortest, if not the shortest shelf life in the NFL. So it's, you know, these guys, they know their window is small they know they have to, you know, stay on top of their game every season or else they're going to, you know, fall by the wayside. A lot of the guys that are complaining about this almost don't have a a lane to complain because, you know, a lot of it falls on, on their own performance. And, I mean, you know, it's the guys who, who have kept quiet and have done their job. Those are the guys that ultimately get rewarded and they get – you know, they get the respect they deserve, especially not in just the fans' eyes, but the eyes of the NFL, you know, all the big, you know, execs and things like that. Like, when you look at, like, right now, Saquon Barkley is, you know, he's been absent from OTAs. He's been absent, you know, from, from all this early, early work in the offseason because he's holding out for a new deal. But last year was the last year. Camp. He's going to be absent for all of camp. Yeah. So we know, we know that. So it's, you know, but, he, I mean, does he deserve a new deal? I think he does. I mean, he proved last year he stayed healthy and he had a, well, as healthy as he could be and, and still had a great season. He was still a top five running back last year. He, like, 
a lot of people look at him and they're like, oh, just sign, you know, some, a lot of Giants fans are like, oh, just sign the contract, Saquon. It's like, but he has every right to be holding out right now. So it's, it, and he, and he, he hasn't come out and complained like, oh, I want a new deal. I deserve a new deal. Like he knows he does. He let his play speak for itself. He'll get what's coming to, to him. Same thing with like Josh Jacobs. He'll get what's coming to him. You know, when you, like the guys that are really complaining, like I just said, have no room to really complain about their, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it, you know, it's a mental thing for them because a lot of running backs know that they're, that their time, especially when you're a pro athlete, especially in football, that your time is very short, especially to be a main star on a, on a team. But it's a physical thing. It's something that we can look at and be like, yeah, this is a real thing going on, you know, with a lot of these, you know, outside top five running backs. And they, and they know that. So I think the pressure, there's a lot of pressure on them, which in turn probably, you know, when the eyes start getting turned towards them, they start, you know, hitting the panic mode, start maybe saying things they shouldn't, start feeling a little bit disrespect because they don't, they think that they're getting unfair, unfairly criticized all these different things. So, you know, it's, it's when I, when I look at the, the running backs in the, in this league, it's just, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. We, we kind of have come to expect this. It seems like every year now, almost since the COVID season, we've now seen running backs just speak out more and more and more in recent years. But that's just because the gap between the best in the league and the ones who have fallen outside of it are just to me widening. And all of a sudden the rest of those guys are all trying to get into that you know, basically exclusive top five, you know, range. And I mean, they, they have, you know, they, like, like we always say, you know, a good running back can do wonders for you, but you don't need a great one to be a contender. So all the rest of those guys that fall outside the top five, you're good, but you're not great. You're not, you know, these aren't guys that people look at and be like, yeah, this is our, this is our, hopes and dreams on this one guy like versus getting a quarterback or a star wide receiver or a star corner something like that or even a star linebacker for for certain teams or defensive any you know, all the different positions they all matter more than the modern running back so you know but that's why it's a physical thing i think it's a it's a very a bit of physical mental it's a thing that we can both see and and these guys can both feel it so it's you know that's why I see it, and in my own, uh, in my own opinion, in my eyes, I, I like what Najee Harris said. I, I thought it was interesting, but then the more I think about it, because the more I think about what he said was about longevity at the position, and I think mm-hmm. that's where the, I think that's kind of where the position is changing. Where it's like, can you be a Lashawn McCoy who had a long career, well, semi long? Mm-hmm. He's thirty four, right? These guys are not going to yeah. play until they're like. 40, 30-some-ish, or like 36 is 37. Mm-hmm. I think, but again, he's saying that in conjunction with the contract, but when when you really think about what he's saying, he's just talking about being physical and playing a long career, which maybe is something he understands. I don't know, necessarily. That's not how the media interpret it. That's not how I interpret it listening to it, but it's just like maybe the goal is just to have a long career where you can make money over the course of your career versus you know, at this one juncture of the contract. But I think, uh, again, we'll have to see how Najee Harris plays. He's still under his rookie deal. And that's part of it, too. He's saying this is a guy who's in a comfortable position. He's fine. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, he wants that second contract, but that you're not there yet. We'll get there. We'll talk about yeah. it when we get there. His agent's probably working behind the scenes on that, I imagine, at this time. But he doesn't have to worry about it. So we can go out mm-hmm. and say these things without the conjuncture of worrying about it. Yeah, you're concerned about where the position is at, but you don't fully have to worry about it. Uh, what the Bills have to worry about is their diva wide receiver, uh, Stefan Diggs, <laughs> who for the first two days of minicamp... Okay, this is the weird one of the weirdest NFL stories I've ever seen. For the first day of, of, of uh, mandatory minicamp, they basically came out and said Diggs was not there. Sean McDermott came out and said he's not here. We're worried. Even though the day before he met with their GM and Sean McDermott, like before camp even began, which is weird. And then his agent came and said he is participating in all activities. Like his agent doesn't even know what the hell's going on. And Josh Allen's like, we got some off the field. Josh Allen had more to, had more good and insightful things to say about this than Sean McDermott. What? Okay. Um, Like, I don't understand. I'm confused as hell what happened. Um, uh, But let's take a break and we'll get back to it in a moment. But still, one of the most confusing stories ever. But we'll take a break and uh, be back as we are laughing our heads off over one of the weirdest minigame stories ever. So uh, let's take a break and uh, we'll get Brandon's uh, laughable thoughts on this as I'm also laughing internally because this Alright, we're back from break and we were just laughing our heads off about this whole Stefan Diggs story. Brandon, I'll let you start. Is this one of the weirdest offseason stories or not the weirdest offseason story you've ever heard in your life? I think good. When I when I think of like bizarre offseason stories, I mean I think of other sports, but in terms in terms of football, in terms of the NFL, uh Outside of like the A B saga that we had with the Raiders, um, and and everything that went along with that, this has to be up there. I mean, the the only well, here's the thing: if I'm Stephon Diggs, and of course they don't know, you know, they don't know where he is. I mean, his agent has no clue either. Apparently, um, he, he was at he was at mandatory workouts on Wednesday. But here's the other funny part about this. They were supposed to have one on Thursday, but they canceled it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay. Continue. Uh, I like, you know, when I, when I think about Stefan Diggs, though, I mean, I, the, you know, yeah, there's, there's the, like, when I think of diva wide receivers, I think of guys who have openly, like, bashed their teammates and and kind of not kept up to their end of the bargain although I mean right now Stefan Diggs acting like a diva yes but then I look at I look at just how weird like I also kind of feel bad for him having to just like like this is an, this is an offseason story like this is a guy who you know will show up he's always healthy he plays every single game Five straight thousand yard seasons going back to what 2018, 19. Yeah, around there. Um, you know, one of the best receivers, top five receivers in the NFL. You know, quarterback kind of lets him down in the playoffs. Um, 
at least lately. Um, uh, and I mean, you look at, you know, but it's, it's a bizarre story. Cause like, it's like, just how do you not know when, when the second biggest star on your team or arguably the, the one B to your one A and Josh Allen, how do you not know when he's coming or going? It's like Buffalo. That, 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 where is he having a burger outside your stadium? Like, where is he? I was like, is, where is is, is he buried under the ten feet of snow they get all year round? Um, because I it's Buffalo, it's a small know. city. Like I don't understand. Uh, I, Where is he? I I don't get it. Is is he on the is he on the party boat with OBJ? No. Is he is he gonna be is, is in Miami? I, no. Yeah. Is, is is he somewhere we don't know? Is he somewhere in some tropical climate enjoying the? The off season while all the news swirls around him, but I, I don't know. It's bizarre. It's so bizarre and awkward, and it's it's like playing Where's Waldo. Try, it trying literally to spot. is. It's ridiculous. The 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 the, the honestly the, the fucked up part about this, and I have to use a swear word here because this is the weird part. The guy who told us the most about this whole situation was Josh Allen. <laughs> like, wait, what? Sean McDermott's like, we don't know where he is. And Josh Allen's like, look, I love him. He's my guy. We're dealing with some off-the-field issues. He'll be good. We're going to be good to go. That's what I need to hear from your head coach. Not your quarterback. Oh, I mean, like, I get, like, what? Like, I get it. They're on the field more. They talk more, whatever. I mean, look, if it's some actual personal issue, cool. And here, by the way, by the way, Here's the other fricked up part about this. Before they left for minicamp, Sean McDermott had a presser and he's like, oh yeah, that little kerfuffle where he wasn't in, in practice, that was actually an excuse. That was excused. Like like Aaron Donald got excused the first day of, he always gets excused in minicamp. We don't give a crap. He gets excused, it's fine. Yeah. And then Sean McDermott comes out and is like, yeah, he was actually excused. Then why did you make a big deal about it? If he was excused, just tell us he was excused, and we would not even have it's, this conversation. God, just just the 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 optics of this franchise from the top down. You know, now now there's no secret why this franchise hasn't won a Super Bowl. There, there's there, it's it's no secret now. This is why they choked four straight many many moons ago. Like it's. Why is there so much dis like not dysfunction? It's not dysfunction, but why is there no communication with this team? It's like dis- How does, what's like, the word discombobulance? That's not even a word. I just came up with that. I don't freaking know. Discombobulated discombobulated is a word. Yeah. Um But like it's like yeah, what is going on in Buffalo? Has has the snow completely frozen their f- frozen? Is that right? Has the snow no. completely froze their did they like get brain freeze? Like, it's, what's happening? It's, it's it's just like, I, I don't get it. And you know what's funny? Sean McDermott is supposed to be one of the most, you know, everybody talks about him every year. This is one of the smartest head coaches in the NFL. If he's so smart, why can't he tell you where his star wide receiver <laughs> is? How does he not know? <laughs> You're like, it's Josh and, Allen no more than him. Like, like... <laughs> I mean, I get it. Why? I get why Josh Allen knows more. I get it. Yeah. But like, I don't want to. I don't need to hear it from him. I I don't need him involved yeah. in this at all. I don't. 
I don't. Like, the, that's trash. Like, you know what I compare this to? Because this is happening simultaneously in baseball right now with, with the Yankees, with Aaron Judge's toe injury, where they, like, where Aaron Boone is the manager. Brian Cashman is the GM. They're like, we've never seen this kind of injury before in a player, so we don't know when he's coming back. Meanwhile, the players in the locker room are getting axed after every game. When is your, when is our star player coming back? And they're like, oh, hopefully, like in a couple of weeks, we think it's like, how do they know more than the manager and the G or the, you know, the skipper and the GM? How do they know more? I don't like, I, I don't understand. Where is the chain of the, the chain of command is lost in sports at this point. I mean, then, then the Bills are now have become the latest victim of just, you know, communication interference because and, it's just, it's, you know, it's bad. And again, we're, look, I get it. Probably Diggs had some personal issue or whatever. Clearly it was an unflippable issue. We're not talking about the issue itself. You know, if it's something personal, yeah. fine, whatever. It's the off season. It's mini camp. It's mandatory mini camps. Relax. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Guys have yeah. personal issues. It's a three day mini camp that almost a quarter of the teams canceled the last day or canceled altogether. New York Jets. And by the way, the Jets exclusively <laughs> play in the Hall of Fame game? Like, great. No, your excuse was Aaron Rodgers didn't want mini camp. Fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's mini camp. It's fine. It's not that big a deal. What we're, what we're talking about is not digs. It's not the issue. It's the fact that. How does the head coach not know where he is? How does the agent not know where he is? That's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about the issue itself. I can care less what the issue is. If it's a personal issue, dude, who cares? It's June 17th when we're recording this. Who cares? Who cares? It's not that big yeah. a deal. This should, and again, this like, should you know, not have even been that big a deal. All Sean McDermott had to say is he's excused. There's a personal issue. Move on. We don't talk yeah. about this. And, and instead, basically, you know, Sean McDermott's like, we don't know if it, we don't know if everything's all right. It's like, you know, you know, you know, when they ask on on news shows, they're like, oh, it's ten p.m. Do you know where your children are? Sean McDermott has no clue because it's you know, like it's you know, Jesus, man, do, do you know if his phone is on Do Not Disturb? Can his agent tell you that? Do we Does do he we have know Life three sixty? Do you have like three sixty with things? Like at this point, we're this close now with the Bills of, of having to get Stefan Diggs microchip like a dog. Because it's just that that's that's what it's gonna come to at this point. We're gonna end up having to microchip him so we can track him wherever he goes, because clearly we don't know where one of our franchise players is during the offseason. We don't know if he's on a party boat. We don't know if he's if he's you know, somewhere off the coast of Panama. We don't know if he's, you know, playing pickleball in the local pickleball tournament. We don't know where he is. He's he could be here. He could be there. It's like it's like a Dr. Seuss book. He could be here. He can be there. He can be anywhere. It it's, doesn't matter. Again, all he had to do was say it's a personal issue. He's excused. That's all yeah, you Jim, have to do. On. We don't even just talk about on. this. And, so you just and, made a- and then and then it took yeah, him three days to just say it. And then it took him three days to be like, oh, yeah, he was excused. Just say it at the presser. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Who cares, man? And instead, 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 you make it a bizarre story by basically throwing your hands up and waving the white flag and be like, we have no idea where he is. Sorry. 
There's no oh, reason God. for this. Just say he's excused. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, if you don't know where your receiver is, why are you going to the media and saying it? Oh my why? God. <laughs> why? It's not. It's, by the way, by the way, again, it's June. Who cares? If it's August, maybe we can have a conversation. It's June. Yeah. This is so unnecessary. Mandatory <laughs> minicamps are not the time to do this stuff. It doesn't matter. They're there for a week and they are off for another month. Who cares? Isn't do, do you do you think it's just because we've had just such a lack of like big football news since the draft? That it's like they have to find something at this point just to Roger talk Goodell, about. Roger Goodell's calling up Sean McDermott. Hey, this shit, this shit takes us up there. Like what? He's <laughs> like, crazy. And these are these are like world class. These are high, you know, high society organizations. You know, these are well run or supposedly. Unless, you're, unless sorry, Raiders fans, you're not included in this. But if if you are a well run organization, which I believe the Bills are up until this point like where does your pr team step in and say i don't think this is a good look you shouldn't say this at the press <laughs> like where where do they factor in did oh wait a minute did they take a day off too and spend some time with stefan Diggs so no one knew where the pr team and his you know where where they both were oh here, here's, uh, because, here's, a, here's a good question oh, here's a, I, I have a question for you here's a good sports question who had a worse pr team this week U.S. soccer, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> oh no! Oh my God! Oh man! Uh, well, at that point, that's where you just file under the category of U.S. sports PR teams are terrible. <laughs> yeah. um, because, wow! So, so, if you guys don't know, I'm just again. This is us going off topic a bit. But Greg Bertholzer was the head coach. He had this whole thing with Gino Reyna and his family, whatever. <laughs> and then I'm not even going to get into it. This is a football show. This is not a football show. It's a football show. I, I, I like soccer, okay? I call it football in my spare time, okay? I'm not saying this is a dig. I love – I love, dude, I'm, I'm going to watch the game on Sunday. I love this. So um, yeah. he basically was like, you know, whatever. And then it's like, okay, we're going to get rid of him. Like, kind of great. He wasn't even that good anyway. And a bunch of these managers in Africa and MLS and some parts of Europe were interested. I was like, this is nice. Like, hopefully they bring some different ads. Like, this is good. And then in the middle of USA Mexico, <laughs> the biggest rivalry game. By the way, a top five rivalry in all of soccer in the middle of a Nations League semifinal. They're like, we're like, they're like, Greg Bertholzer is back in the middle of USA Mexico. It was literally 14 minutes into <laughs> the damn game. What? I, I, what I, I, in the I, world? Did you find out the, cause I, I found out, I found out, I found out through ESPN and I know I told you immediately once I got the notification. So I was like, well, I, I, me and you were literally questioning this the second as it popped up, like, why did the we first thought in our mind the game? Is, why did they announce it now? They announced it in why the middle now? of the game. And by the way, the best part is Kate Abdo, Clint Dempsey, and all the guys oh my God. in the Paramount Plus yeah, booth. Like, you know, the best part about that was they started halftime, not even time about the game. 
they started halftime by showing the damn tweet and talking about it. They spent almost all of halftime not talking about the game, but talking you know, about the yeah, like, like, you know, isn't like with, with U.S. and Mexico, I mean, I know I know a little bit about soccer, but I know isn't that the whole thing with the, with the Dos Aceto thing? Yeah, it's like, the you know, anti-gay yeah. chants and all that shit. Yeah, like where it's... a whole separate you know, thing. But like, th- like the whole game was a mess anyway. But I'm saying like, isn't isn't their whole like rivalry known as like the Dos Aceto thing where it's like, you know, it's like, you know, the the two nothing wins for US all the time? No, isn't that no, the... no, 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 because because what happened was so that was that's been the case recently because Mexico's getting really old and we're getting younger. That's the difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're talking about like that's, zero. That's, that's part. I was thinking about the anti-gay yeah. thing. That's so different. Um, yeah, that's way. Yeah, it's way different. And, but, and but either, either the anti-gay chance like... and all the players fighting. Honestly, let's just put it this way: USA Mexico is a fucking clusterfuck every time they play. It just is. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's an absolute <laughs> clusterfuck. I mean, there was there was a fight. <laughs> the game. Like, you know, like, like, nobody cares about the final score of this recent U.S.-Mexico game because there was a fight and they announced Greg Berhalter coming back. Like, how how else on planet Earth can, can you just, like, how else can you manage to mishandle a game so bad by by literally – Watching two teams become just become absolute, like basically go to war with each other, not not on the field as the play was stopping, and so you have that to, to contend with. On top of you just casually breaking the fact in the middle of the game that yeah, the coach that everybody seems to hate is coming back, like, and so now you throw that in the mix with the Buffalo Bills debacle and not knowing where Stefan Diggs is. My God, do any of these PR teams or like you know how many eyes and ears these things have to pass through before they get sent out into the world? And people are like, yeah, that's fine. How do you sit there and go, yeah, that's fine? Um, I I gotta say this too with the whole Greg Bertholzer thing. I know why the PR team did it. I know why they did it. Because they thought it would be ignored. No, you just amplified it. That's yeah. Up. Um, because it was early on. It was early on in the game, so it was like everybody was like, "Yeah, you know," or like it was, or it was, it was like close to halftime, I think. And it was just like, "Yeah, you know, we'll break the news now because you know it's kind of just you know casually breaking it, like." But you just absolutely caused an uproar because that was the only thing people focused on because the game just itself wasn't great. No, so like they failed miserably. God. Um, Let's talk about one of our favorite things to finish. We yes, we're finishing off the football portion with this because there's literally almost. Not, you want us to talk about Sam Howell getting the starting job? We'll do it in August. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> no, Madden, Madden twenty four. I love the cover. I love the deluxe edition cover. Here are your new features. Field Sense two point Field Sense one point sucked. Everything's two point <laughs> Foundational football. Look at this. Listen, listen to this. Every year we get the same garbage. AI enhancements. Quarterback awareness. What? Blocking wow. AI. Great. Ball carry yeah. AI. Great. Close wow. play emotion enhancements. Great. Sharp wow. technology. Character skeletons. 
This is the best feature. It looks really freaking good. But by the way, we're like in the middle of next gen or current gen, I guess. This should happen anyway. Yeah. Crossplay. Yay. Thank you, Madden. Yeah. And by the way, crossplay apparently is on just like head to head. Yeah. Okay. it's, it's, It's weird. Yeah. Return of Superstar mode. Why did we get rid of it? Uh, yeah, it should never be. It should. They should never got rid of it. Period. Three on three superstar showdown, replacing the art. Fun arcade. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. Franchise. Uh, we're bringing back. We're bringing in more relocation teams. Great. I guess. Uh, yeah. We can finally restructure contracts. Where was this last year? Couldn't you guys have just patch that? Yeah. We but... can finally restructure contracts. Great. Uh, more draft generators. The draft system's been broken for four years. Fix your draft yeah. system. New commissioner tools. There's always new commissioner tools. <laughs> Ultimate team. Same spiel. No. Great. Um, the only thing I like about this is the skeletons and the fact that we can restructure contracts. Yeah. And the cover? What's changed here? Nothing. Oh, by the way, our, by the way, our best feature, they're bringing back mini games from Madden 07. Great. <laughs> I like this. No, I like that. That's fine. Great. But like, Are we paying $70 to play video games? Great. It's like what we say. We pay $70. Well, I still have Xbox One, but this will be the first one I get. I'll be getting the... I don't know if I'm going to get the X. I'll probably get the Series S because it's cheaper. It's whatever. Yeah. There's no big difference. Yeah. Um, and, but 70 bucks for, for, as we've said for what, since Madden 15, so, or since, or even 16, we are paying 60, 70 bucks, depending on what gen you have, for a roster update. None of We're these paying- features interest me. None of them. Who cares? Uh, like, it's, you know, and the thing is, they always tout new modes like it's some sort of it's like it's some sort of just new revelation we've never seen before in these games. Like they're like, oh yeah, like we have this new mode that you're gonna enjoy. It's like this was a mode we had in like Madden 06. Yeah, and we had superstar mode in Madden 06, and you took it out. We had mini games. We had all this shit. You're just putting it back in. Yeah, and then they're like, oh yeah, it's it's like who are you trying to fool? The five year olds that are just getting into sports. Who are you trying to fool with this? Because you're because like the core the core of Madden will always be like teenage boys, but like anybody who's played Madden long enough, me, you, anybody who's like from probably college age and older knows this is the same game that hasn't changed in like eight years, if not longer, if not like ten. So. It's it's just like it's so redundant at this point that it's just it's a and here, here's the thing. This is where I I will say, and I've I said it on my Twitter, I said it on my Instagram because we've we just got done talking about the Bills and Josh Allen. Josh Allen does not deserve the cover of Madden Twenty Four. What? I think it's fine. I I don't think Do you want Jalen Hurts on the cover. I mean, that was my other pick. Yeah. Well, see, I would have been fine if it was. Any of the next three guys, if it was Burrow, Hertz, or Justin Jefferson, but the fact, but the fact that it like, because 
Josh Allen had had an awful end of the season. He was terrible, the, like the back half of they the season. They don't care. It's about names, and it's the fact we have a, a Bills player on the cover. It's fine. Yeah, but I mean, you're not going to put like you wouldn't want to put like Burrow on there who had a what a better season, or Justin Jefferson who had a had a like a literally a career year, like an absolute monster of a season, like or even Hurts who was the runner up to MVP. Like I, I those mean, three. Here's the thing, too. I'll say this really quick to, like, help with your point. We need to stop putting quarterbacks on the Madden cover. That like, would I've, also help. I, yeah. would be, I would be – We. I get it. Receivers, Calvin Johnson, I get it. Barry Sanders, I get it. But that's part of my argument with Justin Jefferson. It would be great to have him on the cover so we don't have a damn quarterback on the damn cover. Oh, my God. You know what? You know what? The next time – because we're not going to have time for it on the, on this one today, but – I'm, the next time we do this, or the next time we have, we have we have time for a Madden topic, I have every Madden from '02 till now. I'm gonna look at every single cover, and and just see which one, like which ones are non-quarterback, and also which ones like probably were deserving of their year. Because it's it, it's it, oh, it's got you should totally do that. We can't do that today because I want to give you time to do that. But yeah, next yeah. pod we should do that. That sounds that, fun. Cause that's just, it's just insane. It's insanity that, that, you know, it seems like I, who, who was the last, yeah, what was it Megatron? That was on the last time we've had anybody but a quarterback on the cover. Well, OB, the, the, OB, the last time, the last, and, and the, the yeah. last fan boat cover was 16. So, yeah. like, so that's part of it too, is the fan boat aspect of it, Madden 12. By the way, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad Peyton Hillis is healthy. I'm just gonna say that really quick. Yeah, um, that, that I'm really glad great. he's healthy. Uh, so, um, but yeah, uh, I think the last I have to search up the last time we've had a fan vote uh, because I think the last time we had a fan vote was like 16 or 17. That's part of it too. But yeah, yeah, I know the I know because I know the last few covers up to that. Like, so those covers were actually decent. You had what? You had Megatron, OBJ. You had uh, Gronk. You had Brady on uh, eighteen, yeah, you had Brady, and you had AB uh, on nineteen. Ugh, Sad. that yeah. one doesn't age well. Yeah, that one's really poor. Um, but but since the COVID, so since twenty, it's been quarterbacks, and I mean historically, it's been quarterbacks. So twenty was Mahomes, twenty one was Lamar, twenty two was Mahomes and Brady, twenty three <laughs> was obviously Madden, well deserved. Um, yeah, so, that was right. So, I mean, like, okay. Um, yeah, just mostly quarterbacks. Oh, this yeah, is hey, Madden, give us actual new features, not stuff from 10 years ago that I can play on my 360. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah, like, like, like for me, I have the original Xbox, I have the 360, and I have the one. Well, like, please show me a game mode uh, with this new one that I can play that I can't play on any of those previous like twenty installments, and not arcade games, actual oh. games, actual stuff. You're the sim oh. head of Matt. You're the sim head of the NFL. Arcade's like, like, fun, cool. Yeah. Arcade's fun, yeah. but don't make it your main fucking new mode. Like when, like when you had like oh five, you know, Madden oh five was sick. Like Madden oh five to oh eight or oh nine, you had training camp. Like that was fun to do training camp drills. Like. That's it what was... they're basically bringing back. But what I'm saying is the Superstar Showdown, the yard, like that's fun. But that doesn't that doesn't count it as a new feature. That's something that we play casually when we're when we're mad at actual Madden. 
Yeah, and also like that, but then also too, nobody really plays those modes. I, I haven't like every time I see people playing Madden, like as like a YouTuber, they're all playing franchise. They're all playing, you know, like online games. Or it's like, especially when you see like I love seeing the the account, uh, Sloppy Madden, because he shows like how all every single like like literally every day he's posting at least like twenty clips of just different games that people I guess have sent him or, or that he's played in where it's just like this is so broken like you know, you could have guys literally like celebrating 100 yard touchdowns all the way down the field and they're trying like they, you can't bring them down like 10 guys tackle them and you can't bring them down and it's like you know also yeah like show me a game where you're gonna have realistic like where the game is not gonna break like uh, you know like in the first 24 hours or someone's going to find a bug in the first 24 hours, it's going to absolutely shatter the game. Like it, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. My, my biggest thing that I've been asking Madden to have for years and even guys, I don't know if you watch broken games, HD, he's, he's, he's a really good, like just video game YouTuber in general. And one year he bought Madden, I think it was 20 and he played it and he said this. Uh, so the way the way I describe this is, do you remember the Infinity Engine on oh. Madden 13? Do you remember that? Yeah. How yeah. it was? It wasn't like entirely physics based. It was still animation based, but it yeah. looked more like physically. So, Broken Games has talked about this. I've said this for years. Madden has to take a year off and change their entire like the way the game is played and remove animations and just do full physics. The entire yeah. game. Again, I'm saying they should take a year off to do this. The entire game should be physics based. It yeah. literally should be all about physics because how many times do you make a deep throw and the receiver just does this? I'm literally falling out of my chair. He does this whole fucking flailing thing and yeah. it's just like they're flailing and they're being weird and they're acting like they're freaking sausages on a grill. Like, yeah. it's just not, it's dumb. Like, I need physics-based football. Not, yeah. not like animation, canned animations that I can't, and it's like they always put in new animations. Half the animations were from four years ago anyway. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. so stupid. Like, no. Oh my god, no. give me no. physics based football. Like we, we we also need we also need some like we need the game to feel like we have players that are better than our opponent. Like if I have a ninety five overall receiver, he shouldn't be getting beat by a sixty five seventy overall corner. That's part of the problem with the animation. Exactly, but I'm saying like even even just the fact of just not not even like the animations itself. It's such it's on just the on just a like a just a rank like rank doesn't matter when it comes to Madden. Like and it should. Like it does for overall, ultimate team, but that's it. Like it does for making your ultimate team look nice and spiffy, but that's it. Yeah, like it's 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 so bad that we just like we we and the thing is. They have to take a year off, but will they do it? No, no. they're not going to do that. Next it's, year we got NCAA gonna... football. How is that going to be? Yeah. Dynasty mode is going to be fun, but yeah. Di- di- well, the thing is, that's what that's what people are going to play. People are going to play Dynasty. They're not going to play anything else. They will just We're not play Dynasty. Play Ultimate Team. I mean, we will somewhat, but ugh. yeah. But you got like, I can't wait to see when they actually show like some gameplay of it. Like, 
I cannot wait to see because I guarantee it because it's an EA Sports thing. So I guarantee that it's not gonna. It's just gonna like remember how in in recent Maddens we can play a certain college teams and just play like you know the the champion the college yeah. playoff pretty. Much? Yeah, that's what I expect it to look like. That's kind of what I expect from it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just, just instead of having, instead of having the the Madden announcers calling college football playoff games, just have it be like you know the actual college announcers. So, but it's like it's not going to change. I think it'll look just like those, like those modes in the game. So it's, it's, it's just like you know the the problem is just you know they don't listen to the community and they never will. I, I, you know, or or until there's comp every year that there's a guy. And I'll make this point quick. Do you know the guy? I forget his name. I think, I think his name is like Soft Drink yeah, TV. Yeah, Soft Drink TV. The guy's so, awesome. So he explains he, all the history of Madden. He explains like why also the games are not successful. Not because they just did it, that they don't listen to the community. Because that's a lot of people's points. That's our, our point too. But it's the fact that there's no competition. Every year that Madden has had comp, like really good competition, they have been forced to make their game better. Yeah. Like if so 2K, it's, if 2K actually got the simulation license and not just the arcade license, which by the way, yeah. that is why the yard and super and this new superstar showdown thing exists because they know yeah. 2K because they want to compete in the arcade market as well. Yeah, which shouldn't be their prerogative, but whatever. Also, yeah. last thing I'll say about Madden: keep Brandon Gone and Charles Davis. I like them. Yeah, they make dialogue every week. How about you put it in the game? Yeah, literally make the put put it in the game. Like this, like they don't put updated dialogue that they make in the game. I know that they actually do that shit now. Like, like we've heard the same commentary and the same lines since practically what sixteen, seventeen. I mean, here's my point. Here's my point. Jim Nance and Phil Sims practically did the same goddamn lines. Stop changing yeah. your announcers and expecting the same thing. Keep Brandon Gone and Charles Davis. They're fun as hell. I want them to do yeah. an actual NFL game someday. They're fun as hell. Keep them. Yeah. Just put more lines in. Yeah. That's like it. it's just like that. There's times in Madden where I've played, you know, where I've literally played with my with my superstar rage, playing franchise mode, and like I, I'll run the score up so bad. That Charles Davis can't figure out how to call my game correctly anymore, Be- because there's no, there's no, there's no lines to talk about it, and there's no like, it sounds like they're talking about a completely different game than the one I'm playing right now. It's just like that shouldn't happen. You have you spend all this money for this game. You are a big, massive sports company. You make Madden. Add the lines to the game. Add more lines. And and again, and just, like that's my point. Stop changing the announcers. Finding it to change. Just add lines. Put them in. They're in the booth. By the way, during the season, they're in the booth every week. They're in yeah. your booth. Just get them to do more lines. It's not that God. hard. Oh, it's it's just I, like it's not. I I stopped saying it's about that they should change the commentators. No, just give them more lines. Like you know, you know, I think the last time that Madden has had creative lines in it was when they had Gus Johnson calling Madden Eleven, and even his stuff were so repeated. Yeah, 
but but like a liberalista where there was like there was like there was oomph behind it it didn't sound canon it wasn't like like there was there was still the same lines re- repeated but there was a little bit more variety at least a little bit more and it, yeah hey, Madden it's like 11 madden 12 yeah god i can't with madden madden is just a a stress headache and a half all right, oh. let's take a break and do something that's not stress worthy. Let's talk about Batman. Let's do it. Let's. Yes. Do, well, I'm, I'm seeing the Flash on Tuesday. Let's uh, let's do our post credit scene on the history of Batman uh, with our boy Brandon, who loves himself some Batman. So this is the perfect person. Mm-hmm. To talk to. So let's take a break and do some Batman. All right, we are back for our final break of the day. Our final topic of the day is just Batman. We, the Flash is coming out, or the Flash is out by the time we're recording this. I know the cameos because the director spoiled some of them. I've heard of some of them. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spoil anything here. I haven't even seen the movie. You haven't even seen the movie. I'm seeing it on Tuesday next week. So next time we get on, we'll talk about the film. Uh, but mm-hmm. in my preparation for it, I've been watching. I finished Batman '89 yesterday. Gonna do Batman Returns later today as we're recording this on Saturday. I guess the place we should start is Batman 89. That is the, I'm glad I watched that one last and not first. Mm-hmm. In terms of like yeah. Batman kind of, cause I got, I started, I did the Dark Knight trilogy and immediately went to 89 and I was like, oh, this is, I can't. I'm so tired yeah. of Batman. So I waited a bunch of months. I waited <laughs> until the last possible moment and I watched it. It's the most goofy Batman movie ever. And by the way, I, let me let me just point this in some context. Back in these times, and even early 2000s, minus the Spider-Man movies, minus X-Men, it was almost like they didn't know how to approach comic books. Yeah. Actually, you go as far as Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, uh, get get electrocuted by electric electric eels. Like, okay, uh, okay, um, sure. Uh, Fantastic Four, twenty fifteen, great. Okay, uh, so Ooh. you can go go even as far back as the last five, ten years. Again, the point I'm trying to make here is this happened in Marvel. This is happening in DC. Howard the Duck. Like, they just don't. They just didn't know, especially in the eighties, how to do yeah. comic movies. So you're like, these are goofy. Let's just make these movies goofy. And I think honestly, the best part. By the way, uh, actually, I'll I'll save Michael Keaton. I actually want to start with Jack Nicholson's Joker. I've never seen a guy have more fun playing a role in my entire life. Dude, just looks like he's having a ball, being being a uh, being a sexual predator, being a <laughs> being a being a fucking nonce at all times. Damn, dancing to Prince. Funny. Dancing the Prince. Prince wrote a bunch of songs for the film, <laughs> which honestly respect. Oh God! Painting on the fucking Mona Lisa. Painting on oh. George Washington. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh my God! There's so much. Um, getting, 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 getting. Uh, uh, what's your face? Getting. Um, oh God! Towards the end of the movie. Up, up at the top of the of the church by the bell, getting uh, what the hell's her name? Getting oh stuck my God. by the thing, or no, no, like get like literally getting uh, oh God, I'm trying to remember her. There's so, there's I'm, trying to remember, I'm, trying to remember, I'm 
don't remember the actress's name because she was also in Eight Mile, and I can't remember her name now. All of a sudden, she, she married oh. Alec Baldwin for a while. My yeah. dad told me that. Yeah, Kim Kim Basinger. That's her name. Yes. Uh, yeah, watching her awkwardly go down on him, like to tease him. Oh, like fuck in, yeah, that was yeah. so fucked. Oh, There's God. so much about. Okay, so let, let's <laughs> let's just, let's just get this right out the way. This movie would not be approved. And by the oh, fact, the hell. fact that the fact that this is just sitting on what what is now called Max HBO Max, mm-hmm. the fact that it's just sitting there for me to watch. And by the way, compared to I don't know if I, I the first time I watched it, I watched it on Sundance TV, which is like you know one of those old the cable networks, and mm-hmm. they show it in like eighties grainy bullshit. This was yeah. up converted to full HD. Full HD this, yeah. this this whole sexual predator awful shit being <laughs> allowed to be upgraded to full HD on Max is oh, disgusting man. as hell. <laughs> I mean, oh, like the best part about the like, and you know why? Here's the thing to to back it up a second. This is why I think. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty common knowledge, but why I think that comic books just don't have a lot of success, like at least, you know, like overall, not because like, there's been some great examples of comic books and made into movies and superhero made into movies. But when you have to, tr- when you have to put something that's super on, un- like Fast and Furious is unrealistic now, but when you have like superheroes, like something so unrealistic, like, you know, like fantasy stuff like that, when you have really unrealistic stuff that's only in, in animations and comic books, when you try to put a real person behind it, it doesn't work. I think it's because working it's, now. I think it's working now, but yeah. if it is in the 80s, it doesn't work. But even, but even so, like, like, like recently, they've butchered, they've butchered Thor. They've made him too funny. That, okay, like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And like, again, like, I'm not making this a Marvel versus DC conversation. That's not my point here. We're yeah. just talking about comic books in general. Yes, Thor's way too funny now. Yeah, yes. like, it's, like if, I feel like whenever, like, or or in a more specific sense, when they try to add too much comedy, too much, like, the 80s, I mean, I hate to say this because my mom grew up in the 80s. She was born in 78. My uncle was born in 82. They grew up, they, they were kids in the 80s. But everybody in the '80s was on some sort of drug. So when you when you see like you know Batman '89 and you look at that, the the first thing that has to come to your mind is what drugs were these people on to make a movie like this? Like to, like don't get me wrong, Michael Keaton's performance fantastic, Kim Basinger fantastic, uh, Jack Nicholson fantastic. But like like the rest of it is it, like it it's, it comes across as so corny because it looks like it's time. And, and like it does not translate to today at all, and it also wouldn't fly. Like we just said, it wouldn't fly today. It no, there's just pun, pun intended because Batman. Yeah. Um. No, but also but, like even the later movies, because I was like Batman and Robin, Batman and Forever, uh, those ugh. movies which I haven't seen, and you told me to watch them. I will get to them. Yeah. They're ugh. apparently they're even more horny. They're even yeah. more messed up, and I'm like, oh god, I don't even want to. Oh my God! Well, well, wait till you see the bad nipples in all their glory, uh, because that's that's, <laughs> that's that is going to make you never want to watch a Batman movie ever again. Because 
Because once you've seen the bad nipples and all their glory and George Clooney's weird ass, dank, strange Batman, you're never going to want to watch another Batman. I don't care if it's Robert Pattinson's Batman. I don't care if it's Adam West. Uh, wait, can I, can I just say a quick spoiler warning? Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for The Flash. I'm just going to say this right now. George Clooney's in the movie. As Batman. <sighs> oh, God. Ugh. He he is actually in the movie. So, oh man, we have, I mean, we, have Michael... we have we have him, and then we have Nick Cage's Superman. Oh, oh, they're in their cameos. Oh, I forgot about. I forgot. I heard about that. That oh, I, oh, oh no. I I visibly want want to like just rock back and forth and like clear my like I want somebody to like, just come here and like you know tell me that Nick Cage's Superman can't hurt me I <laughs> he's mean, not I, real I, I'll just say this it is a spoiler but god damn it the director spoiled it anyway he spoiled oh the goodness. Nick Cage thing he spoiled you, oh, it so who cares is, is it a spoiler if if I say the thing that I found out yesterday about it that that is not in the movie but they wanted to put in it is that a spoiler that's not a spoiler you can say that they wanted to also uh put in uh oh my god am i saying her name i can't remember her name on top of my head linda hamilton's wonder woman they wanted to put her in it they wanted to put her in it too holy shit that was kind of cool they wanted to put her in it they want because of nick cage's superman for whatever reason they wanted to put marlon brando's jor-el in it Oh my god. Make him a crystal. And and they want for whatever reason because it's it's just gonna be absolutely wild to have Batman the Flash Miles bring all of DC into it. They wanted to have um uh what's his face? Uh uh Cesar Romero's Joker. Oh, oh my flipping god with his mustache. So- so, yeah, so I mean, oh I mean, I mean, I'm sad. Grant yeah. Gustin, Grant Gustin did film a cameo. They just said it didn't fit. Which again, I yeah. have to see the movie to figure that out. I, yeah. just, I'm sad he's not in the film. He needs yeah. a proper send off, and I wish it was in that movie. Um, because the last time TV show was kind of bad. Um, but I'll I'll just say this, um, as well. Like, I the only thing is the cameos aren't as spoilery for me as they would be. If this was like No Way Home, because I don't know, you know. how, because I don't know how the fuck they're gonna fit. How does yeah. Nick Cage's Superman fit in this movie from what we've seen from the trailers and every the, just from the trailers alone? How does George Clooney fit into this? So to me, I mean, it's not as much of a spoiler because I don't know how they're gonna fit, and that's why I'm. By the way, I am like semi trying to avoid any Flash related content for the next uh-huh. like four days. Because I don't want to see, I don't want to see anything. Also, I know part of the ending, just simply because of all of these advanced screenings, yeah, that they've had for years. By the way, yeah, years. So I know that I know that piece as well. But like, I won't spoil that. I won't spoil that because that's actually going to be really awesome in the theater. So I won't spoil that. Because of all of the the just uh, controversy and weirdness surrounding the Flash, they they projected that it's gonna it's gonna like it's gonna be a box office bomb, and because they've said that 
right now, it's tracking to make ten million less than it was supposed to. Wasn't so suppo- Warner Bros said they wanted about a hundred million opening weekend. Yeah, they they're only tracking, project- they were tracking seventy to seventy seven, I think. What are they projected now? Yeah. And now they're at sixty. Shit. Yeah. Fucking now they're, a, like, man. they're at sixty or sixty one point something. So it's 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 dropping bad. Fucking hell. And uh, like the only reason people are gonna see it is because we know Michael Keaton is Batman. So like you know, I mean, I because otherwise I wouldn't really watch it. I, I once I saw, once I see, you know. Oh my Michael god! Keaton. Everyone's just talking about George Clooney on the internet. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh god! Because because his his Batman is is the like. Here's the thing: if you go in the timeline, because Michael Keaton was supposed to be part of, of four Batman movies, that was his thing. It was supposed to be '89. Returns, uh, forever, and then Batman and Robin was supposed to be the last time. They weren't supposed to be called that, by the way. I'm just saying that. Really yeah, quick. yeah, but but th- that was supposed to be how it was supposed to go. After the second one, Keaton's like, "Nah, I'm out." He said, "No, nah, I'm done." And here is where I I told you this last night when we were so- sort of like diving into the topic a little bit, but not really. We're that- saving it for today. That's what we did. That that Val Kilmer's Batman is severely underrated because he was not bad at all. He was just given a poor script and a poor kind of the the, the surrounding circumstances of of Keaton leaving and him only being you know him being the Batman that people had known in the late eighties, early nineties, and and stuff like that. For so for for Kilmer to take on that role was weird. But he did do it well. He played like and like a lot of different Batmans. Going back to Adam West, it's, it's you either you're Adam good... West in the movie. I forgot oh, about no. that. No, no, no. Well, I mean, if you're gonna have Caesar Romero's Joker, you have to have Adam West Batman. Yeah, you know, it's only right. But I mean, like when you look at like all the Batmans, as we go through like the timeline of like the movies, at least you have guys who are great at being one or the other, either Bruce Wayne or Batman, but you have certain but you have certain guys who are great at being both. Like Michael Keaton, great at both. Uh Val Kilmer, to me, great at both. George Clooney doesn't work at, at either capacity. Then I picked him for a cameo. What? And, and, and it's 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 because George Clooney's Batman should should be that is one of the things that they should take the master tapes of and burn them. They're on so Max. They're on Mac. Or, you can watch them. You know, oh, it's so big. Yeah, I know it is. Cause I've seen it. Um, like, well, I saw it before I had HBO Max, but but well, yeah. now Max. But but what is that that we have to correct? Oh, okay. I, I don't, I don't know. Right, and, and there's no, and there's no real difference because H, all the HBO stuff is still on there, so there was really no difference in rebranding it. But it's like when you go through all those different ones, like Christian Bale's Batman, phenomenal. Uh. Like here's the thing, Robert Pattinson's Batman is up in the air because it's only been one movie. But I think when it's all said and done, when I look at his the way it's kind of arcing, and they're doing a lot of spinoff series around it, they're they're basing that they're still having two more movies. Like we're we're in the prime, we're getting into the prime right now, Robert Pattinson's Batman, and the way it's going, 
he's tracking to be better than Keaton's Batman, and he's tracking to be pretty much right there with Christian Bale. Yeah, I feel like I will also because say the greatest Batman actor is our man Kevin Conroy. We'll we'll leave him out yeah. of this discussion because. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Kevin. We don't have to talk about Kevin Conroy because he's just the best at it. So, I saw him on Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell is in this?" Yeah, I, that was awesome yeah. when I saw that. Hearing his voice, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, you know, yeah, we always talk about the live action Batman's, but if you ever want to watch just great Batman movies or TV shows. You know, outside of the Adam West Batman, because that was a TV show, and then obviously his his weird weird movie. Um, but if but Kevin Conroy, when you hear the name Batman, you're yeah, you're gonna think of live action first. When you hear the name Batman, it's it's you have to think of Kevin Conroy. The man is a legend. Uh, rest in peace to him. Um, because I mean, even when I was growing up, I mean, they used to have you know that was when he was still in the prime of doing his Batman voiceover work. But hearing his voice in both video games and in TV shows, the animated series, Batman Beyond, Batman Beyond is still my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows ever. Not even just a Batman TV show, but TV shows ever. Batman Beyond. Like, it's just every time I hear it, I can't, it's weird. On Max, for anybody listening, on Max, you have almost, almost, not all of them, but Almost all of the Batman animated stuff, or, or, or you might have all of them, um, and you have the live action ones. I will not touch the Batmans that don't have Kevin Conroy because that's not that's just it's not canon. Yeah, I mean, it, I, to be fair, the Harley Quinn animated series is great. I know it's a different actor, yeah, but he's also a good Batman, yeah. but yes, yeah. But I mean, below that, it's more like Herschel. I'm saying like where yeah. where the one where Batman is the centerpiece. Yeah, but you know, like it's like. It's weird. Like, it seems like they they don't know. Well, DC knows how to put together a great TV show because they're more edgy than Marvel. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to movies, they can't quite translate their their dank weirdness, strangeness, edginess to 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 movies yet. And also, let, let's add this as well: Batman: Brave and the Bold the new Batman movie that's going to start up yeah. this new DCU, will be directed by the Flash director. Yeah. He's the, he the... So again, I have to see the Flash to make my opinion on him, because it's the first mm-hmm. movie I've seen of his, so we'll save that for next show, but I just want to point that out. To finish off our Batman topic, my Batman that I watched, my Batman, in my opinion, my Batman is Ben Affleck's Batman. That's the Batman that I know the most is Ben Affleck. And the movie, so it's the Man of Steel trilogy. Man of Steel, BBS Ultimate Cut, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I've never seen Justice League. I'm not even going to touch it. That's my three. And when I first watched it, when I first watched I when I, I still don't like BBS that much. I was like, oh my god, this doesn't fit at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh my god, it doesn't fit at all. And then the more I watched it, I rewatched. BBA. I finally no. I watched the ultimate cut. I watched X Men: Just Sleep twice. I get his Batman, and I like it. And I'm sad he's going. I'm sad he didn't get his movie. I'm sad that this is his send off. I'm excited to see his send off. He's gonna have a great send off. I'm excited. 
but I get his Batman now. And the thing is, it's so different. It's so weird compared to everyone else. But I get it. I understand what they were trying to go for. I get it. It just took me forever to understand. Yeah, I, I think when we when we look back at, at like when we get when we start getting into our late twenties into our early thirties, like you know, you know, eight, nine, ten years down the line, I think you'll start seeing people appreciate him more for him actually being. You know, at the time people thought it was weird and that because it's Ben Affleck playing Batman, but he actually did a really good job of it. Yeah, um, he's an older, more grisly Batman. He's yeah, perfect for it. Yeah, he was good. He was good at that. And that's, it's, it's weird because, but you know what's weird for me? Like, I like him, but my God, it is so hard for me to erase Daredevil from my mind. <laughs> because. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> because the the because everybody talks about like you know how like in the new Spider Man we had Daredevil. Yeah, know, but and, actual Daredevil. That it, uh, Charlie Cox um, is my Daredevil. I never thought of yeah, Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Yeah, I always because, think of it as Charlie Cox. My God, because the two thousand and three or two thousand and two, whenever year, one of those years it came out. It's on Max, that, by the way. That movie is on Max. Just saying it that, really quick. That Daredevil. It is so 2002. It is it is him and Carmen Electra. That is so too early 2000s. My God, the way it's shot, the style of it, everything about it, it is my. It is so early 2000s. It's so that era that it's just it's it's. I believe it or not, people don't like it. I do. I don't know why I do, but I do. <laughs> I think it's still on Max. I checked and it doesn't say yeah. it is. I think it still is. If not, find it. I'll have to watch it. I can't believe you brought that up. I was not like, expecting that. God dang it. And it's so weird for me because I don't mind. Like, because Ben Affleck has a lot of great movies and a lot of bad ones. And it's like when he's given a decent script and he's given a decent supporting cast, he's really good. He was great it's, in air, directing and starring yeah. in air. That was fucking awesome. It's it's just that it's just that when it seems like well actually you know what's funny? He has become like he has aged like a fine wine and not like milk. So yeah. like yeah. he's he's because as he's gotten older, he's gotten So is Jennifer better. Lopez, by the way. Yeah. Really yeah, and that's yeah. why and that's why that's why they're perfect for each other. <laughs> but like it's it's one of those things where it's like when you look at his career, he's gotten better as he's gotten older, and it's it's just a shame we'll never get to see his Batman in full effect. But we'll I mean, never see his movie. I just ah, I'm so mad about that. With Deathstroke, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm just sad I, we didn't get to see it. I really, I really think it would have been just really cool. To, I mean, obviously, it would have been really cool to see that. I didn't see now when I think of Batman for me, it's weird because. Obviously, I was born in 2000, so I didn't get to see the Bat Nips. I didn't get to see Val Kilmer. I didn't get to see Michael Keaton, Adam West, all those guys. But it's weird that, for me, two Batmans def- define what I remember and what I know as Batman. Because, well, outside of the Kevin Conroy, the animated stuff, the live-action stuff alone is because when I used to well, because for people out there listening, Yes, we're we are only in our early twenties, but for those that don't know, there was a thing called you know 
uh, tube TVs back in the day, and there was a thing called you know VCR and yeah. you know tape. So yeah. so one of the tapes I had growing up was Batman '89. I used to watch him on an old tube TV that I had in my room. How are you allowed to watch that as a kid? Uh, because in my family, they, they they knew that I just loved Batman, so I don't think they really cared. I don't think they yeah, knew. Yeah, nobody Batman. cared, and that's something I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, really, you gotta realize too. At, at like at four, five, six years old, when I had that TV, like you know, it's back then we were still we were young enough to not kind of know what things were. So I didn't realize at the time just how insane the movie was. But I remember always just watching it start to finish. I would take it out before I had to rewind it. I would I would take it out, but then I because it didn't have to rewind. I would go back in, I would go back in, play it, and then realize, oh, I have to start the credits, have to rewind it, and then I would, I would rewind it on my TV, watch it again, and just, I, I must have rewatched it a thousand times. So, like, the more I think about it, he was, he was my, like, he was my Batman when I was a little, little kid, but, but, also, what came out at that time was Christian Bale's Batman, yeah, and Christian Bale. We need to finish with and, Bale. We can't forget him. And, and Bale, because because Bale, he people don't realize how Bale how important. Like I don't think people like they know how important he was. But all everybody talks about is Killian Murphy being Scarecrow, Heath Ledger being the Joker. He and Ledger's the, way- the best Joker ever, by the way. Oh my, here's his card. Like ah. Oh, <laughs> See, see, I have like for me, it's so tough to call it with them. I'll finish my bail point and make one Joker point before we get out of here. But no, no, no. I, I got we got to you got to do the bail. We can't forget bail yeah. before we go. Like, we can't like like with bail with bail. It's people also got to remember that ba- like Batman Begins wasn't the best. Like it, it was still really really good, but the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises were phenomenal. And Great then movies. and then I love all three movies. Love them People, so yeah, much. The whole trilogy is fantastic. I, I've started. I started rewatching. I'm like, wow! I didn't realize how great this is. But the only thing that's kind of weird is the is the recasting of Rachel because they had to take Katie Holmes out of it. I didn't notice it when I watched it the first run through. Yeah. I, I didn't notice it that much. Yeah, all all these all these women in these early freaking movies are just used as like like oh my god. I'm getting messed up like it's so bad i hate that i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it so much people need to realize like the the impact of bale's batman can't be cannot be undersold because people gotta realize this came after an era where keaton had left kilmer stepped in you know it was weird and then and then george Clooney ruined it um and then they didn't want to touch it for for five six years they did they did not want to touch Batman after that because they weren't sure how to go about it there was no direction to it Christopher Nolan said I'll take it I'll make it what it's supposed to be and you and know a modernized I, version of it it doesn't really follow the comics minus character yeah, descriptions it's, but it's like how it's can really, we do this modern how can yeah. we make Gotham look modern while also like making the characters feel like their comic counterparts like to a T yeah. and that's what they did well and it's and it's it's gritty. It's a more real. It's obviously because it's not comic based. It's more realistic. That's what they were aiming for with that. And then 
you know, and then that's how it became what it became. It became a, a legendary trilogy. And I think Robert Pattinson's, even his was really good. He's his gonna follows, get there. He's gonna get there. Yeah. His, his, his so far is setting up to follow that same trajectory of each one is gonna be bigger than the last one. And then up by the time it's over, when we're like in our late twenties, by because it'll be our late twenties by the time it's over. That because especially with the whole writer strike and things like that, uh, and you know, and the, how release dates are in movies nowadays. So, but by the time that's over, there is going to be so many comparisons. I mean, they're already they're they're already starting now. But there's gonna be so many comparisons between who was better in the modern era, Bale or Pattinson, and that's gonna be that's gonna be really fun interesting. That's gonna because, be really fun. And again, we're saying this after one Batman movie from yeah. Robert Pattinson, and that that shows you how good that movie was, and just how great he was as Batman. It was phenomenal. I mean, it was it was long. It was the longest I think of any Batman movie. It was like three hours. But my God, those three hours that I spent in that theater watching it, like by the end of it, I had to use the bathroom, like everybody else. But like people got to realize that that detective Batman. Detective Batman, right? It was, it was, it was faithful to, to what to what the comics were about too. Like th- that was the perfect one where it blended the comics and then the gritty faith, the grittiness of Bale's Batman. It did both so well because it borrowed from almost every single piece of what we've seen already and then made it better. Yeah. So it's it's it, like everything about it is great. And then the the Joker point is because that's what I want to finish on. Everybody says Ledger's the best. We all know Ledger absolutely had a fantastic career up until that point, unfortunately, of, of course, what happened. But for me, it's weird because I, I have that nostalgia for Nicholson being a nut as Joker. Like, because the way he just simply, like, you know, yeah, there's so many memorable lines from Ledger's Joker, but like the the sheer craziness of Nicholson's Joker mixed with the way he delivers the line, the infamous, well, not, it was not infamous in a bad way, but infamous line in terms of just how insane it is to hear it every time. When he says, you ever dance with the devil in the pale oh, moon? Jesus. The oh, way, my the God. Way, the way that he delivers that, every time I hear it, things chills down my spine. I'm like, that is such a great line. Oh, way- my God. God. I thought like, it was corny as hell, but I, I appreciate it. Like, I liked it. I don't know what it is, but but I really, really enjoyed that. It, it, like, it, yeah, it's it's and cringy. Again, because- and again, we're admitting, we're again, that's why I, I think he has so much fun. We're admitting the movie doesn't fit. We're admitting it's sexually dumb and assaulty yeah. and fucking stupid. And we're yeah. admitting and we're admitting that it's goofy and we're admitting that it's fucking weird. But Nicholson just has so much goddamn fun in the role that I appreciate just, it. It's so fun. He's just having so much fun. He knows it's stupid. He knows it's dumb. Dude just has fun. Like, I, it's great. You can see it, like, every single, like, especially in in the art gallery scene when he's dancing to Prince. When he's dancing to, was it, to Party Man? I think it's the name of the song. Yes, Party Man. Yeah, yeah. And and he's just absolutely sitting there, like, just having a ball, just messing up the entire room. And then, you know, but, and then just like in other scenes too, where he's like, where he's got the, um, 
what the hell is it? Where he does like the broadcast of like the Joker. Oh uh, my fucking god! And he's broadcasting it like over the Gotham airwaves, and they can't they can't boot him off. That he's sitting there just absolutely ranting for like three minutes. It's like he's, the greatest ever. The thing with Commissioner Gordon, where he's like he's like Commissioner Gordon butts in, he's like fuck off, get off the fucking screen. <laughs> yeah, he, he shoots him off the screen. With his hand, like that's that's so great. Like it's so funny and it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. But the thing is, he makes it. He's just like, listen, Keaton's Batman is phenomenal. Like the lighting didn't do him. Ju- the lighting in that movie is a whole other topic. Of whenever he comes on screen, the lighting is so bad. Oh my god, Keaton's mask does not hold up in that light at all. It's yeah, you can see how just how how bad it looks. His but- eyes. There's a scene where Keen's eyes look like green puffed up dolls. You're like green eye puff ups, like I'm like ugh. Yeah, it, he's he's very very like he played the hell out of it. He's a great actor. I mean, he's obviously because before that he did Beetlejuice, he did you know, all different movies. Mister Mom can't, can't wait to stuff. see him back as Batman. So excited. Like yeah, but he he's good. But everybody and their mother knows that Jack Nicholson was the star of that movie. He made that movie what it was, or especially when, like, the, my favorite scene, because it's, it's now, people complain about dark, eerie stuff in movies now sometimes, like, over the top. Can you imagine how they must have complained back in Batman? And my grandmother saw this in theaters when it came out. Like, can you imagine the complaints they must have got in the scene where the doctor, where he's in that dark lit room with the doctor, and he's taking the bandages off his face, and he's like, we did the. I did the best I could with the tools I had, and he sits there. And he's like, "Give me a mirror." He's like, "Mirror, mirror," and he's like, he's like literally looking at it, and he starts to laugh and goes insane, and punches the light out, and just starts laughing as he walks up. It's like that whole scene is so dark, but my God, is it so funny because it's so Jack Nicholson. Just how ridiculous oh it is. Uh, so yeah, Jesus Nicholson's nuts. What that he he just like I'm gonna be a nutcase and I would be stupid doing it and it was fun <laughs> as hell. He yeah. just had so much. It's most fun I've ever seen an actor have in the role. But the, like the Dark Knight trilogy is a huge reason Nolan's my favorite director of all time. Yeah. Fucking love Christopher Nolan. I'm um, watching Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. I, I'm gonna point I'm to so watch ex- that. I'm so excited for Oppenheimer. I even love Tenet. Fucking love yeah, You told me about it. I still I have to fucking, watch. It. I fucking love. I know people didn't like it because it's Inception light, which it is Inception light. Okay. Inception's a better movie. God damn it! I love Tenet. I love Tenet. I love Inception. Oh and my just, god! And I, love, I love Christopher Nolan so much. I cannot I just, Oppenheimer. You just know Oppenheimer's gonna be so big because even when I saw the teaser trailer last year in theaters, when they just showed like a fifteen second teaser of the time of, of the bomb ticking down. It had built so much hype in the theater around the people around me because they knew that like Christopher Nolan's stylist to show like these little teasers of a movie he's working on. So they knew immediately when that came on, like this has to be a Christopher Nolan movie, and sure enough, it it, it said it. But it's exactly also, three. It's exactly three hours, and I have friends who hate three-hour movies, and they're like, they're I love like, it. and they're like, they're like, I don't give a shit. I'm we're gonna see this. I'm like, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go. Like yeah, they, they're, they're just like they're just like I don't give a shit. Let's go. I'm like and awesome. It's and it, and people don't people we gotta realize because people are quick to forget that and because we we I just touched on this like five minutes ago. 
this is going to be good just for the fact he has chemistry with Killian Murphy for being the scarecrow. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is going to be Matt Damon, Emily Blunt. Yeah. Like, it's a great fucking cast. It's, they've got the cast is great. The director is great. This is, and it's, it's, it's right now, it's crazy to even think about this, but it's going to be dueling Barbie for top spot. It's going to absolutely beat it by a mile. I'm still going to see Barbie too that week, but. See, you're not helping the cause. We all want Oppenheimer to be pushed over. I'm gonna Barbie. see both. I'm gonna see both. Here's the thing. I'm gonna spend more on Oppenheimer because I'm gonna see it in IMAX if I can't help it. Yeah, it's meant to be watched in IMAX. Yeah. I will also be watching Mission Impossible, which is Tom Cruise is acting like a child that he got beat out by Oppenheimer to see I'm, it in you IMAX. You know funny? I I'm not gonna see that in IMAX because I want to see Oppenheimer in IMAX. I've already made that choice. Yeah. So, yeah. Oppenheimer's worth. Oppenheimer's worth it. Like. Mission Impossible, but here's the thing about Mission Impossible. People say, oh, why won't this series just die? They're still well made. It's not Fast and Furious. No, no, Mission Dead Reckoning is gonna be fun as hell. Yeah, so I can't Yeah, we have we have a lot of fun movies in July. We have a lot Mm -hmm. of fun ones. Barbie looks nuts. (laughs) Can I just give me let's do thirty seconds on Barbie before I have to go. Barbie looks fucking crazy. It's gonna be so bad that I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I, that, that's the whole mystique of this is is that like Barbie is going to be so bad that it's going to be good. Will Ferrell is the toy god. He's oh, the Mattel head. It's it's so bad. It's it's like that's why people are going to see it because everybody knows how ridiculous it's it's going to be. So I cannot wait when it finally does drop. That just the sheer pandemonium, like it's gonna break the internet. That and Oppenheimer will break the internet, and I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it to get a twenty on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm still gonna go see it. I cannot <laughs> fucking wait for that. All right, yeah, and- because well, because we'll it'll it'll get a twenty on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, but it'll get like a ninety audience score because people are gonna love it regardless because they know how just ridiculous it's gonna be. Oh my god. And, and with that, that is it. We're out of time. Uh, Brandon, thanks for hopping on. We went pretty long today. That was awesome. Um, yeah. We'll see you in a few weeks for another episode of the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. You can follow us on our social platforms, of course. But thanks for hopping on. That was a lot of fun. Anytime, dude. Anytime you need me or want me on, I'm here. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, next time we come on, we'll review The Flash. We'll probably get to a point where you preview Oppenheimer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the only... Oh, I'm probably going to go see Asteroid City as well. I've Wes heard, Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really interesting and I kind of want to see it. Yeah. I've kind of made the decision that I kind of want to see that in theaters as well. So, big summer movie season for sure. Alright, well, we'll talk to you all later. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the pod and uh, we'll see you all back again soon and uh, definitely excited to have you back on as our as our co-host uh, for the week, Brandon, coming up soon. Thanks for That's joining it. us, brother. Anytime, Rob. All right. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. See you guys.